Let's talk about the death of Christopher Capesa. Let's also discuss black women in business. What about Juneteenth becoming a national holiday? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Employ your time in improving yourself by other men's writings so that you shall gain easily what others have laboured hard for. Socrates. So, it is episode 61, and it's officially been one year of sparking debates on Pablo's podcast. Wow, a whole year. It's flown. The 20th of June, 2020, we started this. Can you believe it? Yes, so, um, yeah. It's like, what was it, birthday, anniversary? I'm not sure what you call it, but, um, but it feels good. It feels good to have, you know, 52 weeks, a year, 12 months, whatever you want to call it, 12 moons, to have that under your belt, you know. Um, and hopefully, you know, the next 12 months will be as exciting, if not even more exciting. We do some new things. Um, but, yeah, we just, see, we just see how things turn out. But, yeah, I'm really, really, really happy. Um, cool. So it's also um, this this week. I mean, well, this month there's a lot going on. This month, I mean, tomorrow is um, uh, the 20th is Father's Day, Sunday. That'd be Father's Day, um, and today is actually um, Juneteenth, um, which we'll speak about a bit later. That's on the 19th of June. 19th of June also is um, Sickle Cell um, Awareness Day, also. Yeah, that, that is a, one of those diseases that definitely did, does affect the black community in a big way. Um, and yeah, what else we got this month as well? We've got we've got this, the longest um, day of daylight, summer solstice they call it, but it's the it's the day with the most daylight, which is the twenty first of of June, and then on the twenty second you've got National Windrush Day. So I'm sure there'll be loads of things going on in your community, um, online and, and physically, um, obviously with the restrictions. So yeah, National Windrush Day, important. And also, this month also coincides with, on the 25th, is Mozambique's Independence Day. They got their independence on, it was 1975, I believe, yeah, 1975. And also... On the 29th was um, Seychelles, got their independence, um, 1976. And also the Congo on the 30th, 30th of June, Congo got their independence in 1960. So a lot of of things happened in June. A lot of things happened in June. So yeah, so yeah, shout to all of those people celebrating those independence days um, across the world. Um, Yeah, and recognising all the other dates we spoke about. And again, it all coincides with one year of sparking debates on Pablo's podcast. So I, f- I feel like I'm in good company. So this week, I, I, I was thinking about, um, you know, obviously the school summer holidays coming up. And it reminded me of how summer holidays used to be for me as a kid. Like six weeks holidays literally felt like three months. You know, it didn't, you know, it's just literally a, a week and a couple of, well, we cannot, what am I talking about? It's, it's literally a month and two weeks. Um, 
but it just felt so long, you know, and you, you just loved it, you know, you lived for the summer holidays. But um, when I was, you know, really young, like primary school age, we used to go um, scrumping, like, for those that don't know what scrumping is, like, that's going, climbing up fruit trees and getting into people's gardens and getting fruit when they're not looking and whatnot. Sometimes on the odd one, they'd actually invite you in because they, they know they were going to see you every, all through the summer holidays for one. And um, you would have seen them year after year <laughs> as well. So, um, so yeah, we used to do that amongst other things we used to do. But I'll leave those other things for another pod. But, but yeah, so um, I, I just remember a time in, in Stoke, we was in Stoke Newington um, in Hackney um, on Bethune Road, actually, speci- to be specific. Anybody that knows the area, there were no Bethune Road. In fact, you may even find this particular spot if you know Bethune Road. So there's a there's a tree on there that grows yellow plums. And it was the only tree that we could find um, in the area that had yellow plums. You know, all the others had the normal purple plums. Um, but this one, it had the yellow plums in it. It had a wall underneath it with a, like a green um, handrail, what you could maybe, um, green metal handrail just along the whole wall. And that was directly underneath the tree. So I remember there was like five of us in the tree you know, <laughs> you imagine, you imagine how small we were, but if, if anybody had walked past or anything, they would have been shocked to see how many of us were like sitting in the tree, just eating fruit and, you know, just having jokes or whatever. Um, but at one point, one of, one, of, one of our friends was like quite high up in the tree and he must have lost his footing and whatnot. And, you know, all, he, he dropped and all you could hear was the, the branches... I shouldn't laugh, but you could hear the branches breaking as he was falling from the tree. And he just landed. And he landed legs apart on this metal pole, on, the, on, on the, this green post. The green handrail, the metal handrail. And the scream he made that we, I mean, we, you know, being kids, you, you just laugh. You know, you, you don't understand the, the um, significance of the injury, but he screamed so loud and... You know, we all laughed, um, but then obviously you could see he was in proper pain, so we, we all come out of the tree and that kind of walked him home, like limping. Um, he, was, he was in serious pain. But, um, but yeah, so we took him back to his mum and he, he's, he's, you know, it let his mum know what happened, but obviously that was the, the joke for the whole of that summer holiday. Um, but it just, what, what made me think about it is that, you know, the way how kids' lives are now, you know, just going out and playing and climbing trees and just, just being a child, you know, um, it seems like, you know, young people are missing out on that. You know, they're, they're not getting to be real, you know, really, it's like they're growing earlier than their years, later than their years, rather, you know, they have to grow up really quickly. So it just made me thought, like, I wonder how much they're missing out on and, you know, how that affects them. What kind of stories will they have to tell, you know, because I've got loads. I've got loads of young kids' stories. Um, but, yeah, but that, that, was a, that, was, that was a real legendary moment. And anybody listening to this that was in the tree that time, they know exactly who I'm talking about and um, they remember the day as clear as I do. But, yeah, that just kind of came to my mind but it, it was so funny at the time we shouldn't be laughing though you know but yeah and I, I I haven't seen him for years and I'm wondering if he actually had any kids since on a serious note because that was it was a serious fall and it was a serious way to land but yes 
Okay, moving on though, moving on, moving on. So, um, yeah, this week I read up on um, the Mozart effect. Now, for years I've known that classical music um, is beneficial to you. Like, it's supposed to open up your mind when you're learning and stuff. And I, I know, like, surgeons um, kind of play it in the background. Even dentists. My dentist um, sometimes plays cl- classical music in the background. But I, I, I like classical music, you know. I, I listen to it sometimes, especially if I'm working, you know, not, not just for leisure, um, yeah, not really just for leisure. It's like when, when I'm working, I, I do like to listen to... I can't listen to lyrics because it puts me off of the work that I'm trying to do. But yeah, so... Um, but yeah, reading this thing, it was like the Mozart effect. Um, basically, there's been some research um, at the Hospital of St. Anne's in um, the Czech Republic, and they've found that Mozart's music, and specifically the Mozart sonnet for two pianos, K448, um, reduced... Um, ep- what do they call it? EDs, epideform epil- um, discharges. So it's basically the electrical waves um, associated with epilepsy. So it reduces it, which I think is amazing. You know, this is like factual studies. So basically they, uh, they compared it between two um, pieces. So when they listened to Mozart's piece, it went down 32%. And when they listened to... Um, Hayden's uh, number 94 it caused it to increase these electrical um these electrical waves it increased by like 45% so so yeah um who knew Mozart's music specifically so um you know I me personally I'm, I will be putting this to the test and and listen to Mozart's music specifically not not just for the um epileptic cuz I'm I'm not epileptic but if it's got benefits like that where it's where it's it's positive for you. It's having positive impact on your on your on your body. Why not listen to it? You know why not? So yeah, I thought that was really really interesting. So I think, I mean, like I said, there's loads of things going on this month in June. Um, but I think something that really stands out for me, maybe because I'm a father um, and a son, etc. But it's Father's Day, you know, and I think Father's Day is an important day, especially as there are a lot of single parents out there you know, male and female, but mostly female, um, I, w- I, would, I would imagine. I haven't got any statistics. But um, but it, it's interesting because I, I spoke to a professional this week and um, it was talking about um, promoting the fact that it is Father's Day to the young people they're working with. And and I was, all, I was you know, suggesting, you know, you know, it is something that you speak about with young people. But the, the reply I got was that you it may trigger things for for young people who don't have um fathers around or, or or parents around maybe they're in care and things like that so i understood that but at the same time i, I just thought you know there's for all of the for all of those people in that situation there's there's young people that are actually fathers for instance or they have good relationships with their fathers you know so yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get that perspective, but um, but that was their 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 opinion and whatnot. For me, I think you know Father's Day, Mother's Day, all these things should be highlighted and 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 used as a way to to educate. You know, because as I said, some of these young people are fathers already. You know, um, and I think there's there's a benefit to you know you can use it to to explain or, or explore. Um, you know, why one of the other reasons why taking potentially life-threatening risks 
you know, if they're involved in criminality or whatnot, what they're really putting at risk because you've got a child, you know? Um, or you may, you may look to have children in the future and this may, may stop that happening. But, you know, so, so there's different ways to spin it. Um, and then even looking at, you know, everybody's got a father, you know, whether, whether it's a good relationship or not. Um, and there's stuff to learn from that, you know, even if, even if you've got a father that hasn't done things exactly the way you want it, there's going to be some positive choices their fathers have made and there's going to be some mistakes. And, you know, Father's Day is an opportunity to reflect on the good things about your parents. And um, Father's Day and Mother's Day, in fact, but Father's Day specifically. So reflect on the good things and, um, you know, not take on the mistakes, learn from the mistakes. So you know what not to do with your children if you have children in the future or if you already have children. So, so yeah, so there's that side of things and, and you know, focus on things like about money because, you know, when you're a young parent, a young father, you think about, you know, I've got a child now, now somebody re- relies on me, I need to make money and stuff like that. And if criminality is, it seems like the easier option, um, you may go for that, you know. But as I said, you can have conversations now with experience and hindsight and, and explain to young people, you know, as much as you do need money because you want to be able to provide, um, it's not actually the most important thing. I don't think so, personally, anyway. I think the most important thing is being um, being active in, in, the, in the child's life, you know, and being a positive influence and being present, you know. I think that's, that's more over money, you know, and that's, that's what's going to really change, you know... It, it, change or impact um, your child's life so so yeah I think most young fathers um, will feel the urge to to go and earn money you know by hook or by crook and you know if it is by crook you know that may may end up meaning that they're out of their child's life for x amount of years you know if they if they are arrested if they have to go to prison or if they end up you know going to hospital for you know whatever it is so so yeah, I think Father's Day is an opportunity not just to give the 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 the, the positive and good fathers out there a pat on the back. I think it's also a teachable moment, you know, for for new fathers and for old fathers as well, you know. So so yeah, that, th- those are my thoughts. Um, definitely something to think about. And also, um, one of the f- things that come to mind is is this question is um can can women teach boys how to be men you know there's a lot of single mothers out there doing the best that they can and doing a sterling job of you know making the kid making sure the children are safe and 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 raising the best way they can be but can women teach boys how to be men and also can men teach girls how to be women you know these these are just questions you know things to think about for sure but yeah happy father's day to all the fathers out there, um, and we, we definitely can all do better, for sure. There's, there, we can all do better, but it's just about reflecting and learning. And, and like I said, the most important thing, I think, is being active, being positive, a positive influence and being present in, in your child's life in a positive way. But that's just my perspective. So also, um, Cecil Rhodes, um, he's... Uh, he's he's got this. His statue is at the university, one of the Oxford universities. Um, but the Oxford lecturers are now boycotting the Oriel College. Um, about 150 um, academics are refusing to teach um, at this particular college. 
um, after it was decided that the the statue um, they're going to basically keep the statue, um, which the campaigners have been um, campaigning for it to be removed, saying that Rhodes stood for white supremacy and racism. So, so yeah, they're boycotting that. So um, I'm not sure if it's going to make any difference, but at least they're letting their thoughts be heard, you know, and that's that's all you can do, I suppose. But yeah, history. I mean, I think removing these things, you know, just to put it into context, in my mind anyway, you know, if you're removing these things from public place, they should be, they should go somewhere and people should be able to see them, you know, whether that's in a museum or whatnot. Um, I'm definitely not about wiping out history or whitewashing history, you know, but um, but if things are offensive because of what they stand for, um, that should definitely be considered in, in modern times, for sure. So, um, sadly, um, there's been a death of the first Zambian um, president. He died um, age 97, Kenneth Ka- Kaunda. Um, so, yeah, he was... He is of, he's the last of a generation of African leaders who fought colonialism. Um, so he uh, was he was suffering with pneumonia, um, and he said that you know it wasn't anything to do with corona um, or COVID nineteen. So, um, but yeah, he's he's sadly gone now. So that's a historic, you know, you know he he's, he was part of history, you know, one of the last. Um, so basically, in nineteen fifty, in the nineteen fifties, he was like a key figure in Northern Rhodesia's independence um, movement from Britain, um, and yeah, became the first, became the yeah, he became the president um, following um, their independence in nineteen sixty-seven. So, so yeah, last of a last of a dying breed, um, you could say, you know. So yeah, Kenneth Kaunda, Zambia's first president. So. Um, yeah, so we got the we got the news on the fourteenth in regards to the lockdown, the lifting of the lockdown. Um, and as I suspected, I mean, if you listen back to the pods, I, I didn't want to be the bearer of bad news. I just gave my perspective, and yeah, it it, it turned out unfortunately to be to be right in many ways. Um, but basically, the, as we know, they've delayed the lockdown. Um, the final stage of easing down the restrictions um, in England, delayed till the 19th of July, I believe now. Um, and obviously it's because of the Delta variant and the rising cases with the Delta variant. You know, at, at the end of the day, <laughs> the Delta variant, it might be the most current one and it might be the the most, uh, the strongest one at this point. And we may have the vaccines to, to kind of mitigate you know the risks involved with it, but it's not going to be the last. You know, if you know, I'm not a scientist. You know, and I, I've only spent this last year kind of looking into what these variants do. But part of what variants do is they change. You know, they're trying to survive just like us, in in a way. So it won't be the last one. So we're only on D, D for Delta. So yeah, the next one will obviously start with an E. I'm not sure what they're going to call it. Oh, in fact, you know, I'm not going to embarrass myself. But yeah, I know they're going through the the Greek um, numbers and etc. But I'm not actually sure what the E stands for. But so I'll leave that alone. But um, but come Monday, um, Boris will confirm the the finer details. That's Monday the 21st about what actually is going to be happening. Um, 
Wales has spoken about their they've they're at the start of um, the third wave the third wave um and they they're basically talking about they're facing a serious um public health situation um and they believe that they're two to three weeks behind England and Scotland so so yeah this thing is is far from over um but we are and we will have to learn to adapt and and, and work around it because we can't obviously be in this, um, you know, moving one step forward, three steps back forever. I don't know how long it's going to take, but um, I know it can't last forever. Not like that. Um, and also, as rec- well as of today, Lambeth and Cumbria um, are doing sur- will start surge testing as of the nineteenth today. Um, and so that's going to be happening in Clapham, Brixton, Stockwell, Norwood, Vauxhall. And again, that's because of the rising confirmed cases of the Delta variant. I think the, the Delta variant is the most prevalent variant we've got now. So, yeah. Um, and any confirmed cases will have to self-isolate um, and their contacts be identified and all that stuff. So, so yeah, by the time you hear this, I'm sure that would have developed a bit more. And also with the um, the vaccine passports, which we've spoken about a few times, um, they're now considering uh, using them for big events. So any big festivals and things like that, they're looking to, you know, you're going to have to have your vaccine passport potentially. Um, they're going to be considering it um, and reviewing v- reviewing how it will work. Maybe, maybe Boris will talk about it on Monday. Um, but it is it is kind of expected um that it will come up on on monday and you know who who knows it, it, will it be compulsory i think it'd be down to the i think the um event organizers will have some say in it i suppose but um but yeah we'll be a bit clearer shortly and also the um in regards to the delta variant um they is it Dr. Not Dr. Professor Spector, Tim Spector? He runs the Zoe um, COVID symptom study, and he's basically spoken about the variant in young people. Actually, the symptoms are just like a cold, just like a bad cold, pretty much like a headache, sore throat, runny nose. Um, those are the most reported um, uh, ailments that people are having. So, so yeah, um, it's going to be it's going to be pretty hard to kind of work out what you've got without having these tests it seems if it's if that's how it's going to be affecting young people um but yeah so the also with the as things are turning up with this variant they are now talking about um care home staff having to have um, a vaccine make, basically making it compulsory um i think it was matt, matt hancock um, was talking about a sensible and a reasonable step to take so so that's going to be coming and it could be extended to all NHS staff moving forward. Um, I, I, I could imagine it being extended to all social care workers, you know, whether that be social workers, um, substance misuse workers, just, you know, NHS, everybody, you know, over time. So we just have to see how that all pans out. But at the moment, it's just them um, care home workers. And um, they'll be given 16 weeks. And once it's approved by Parliament, they'll be given 16 weeks to basically get their all their two injections or face being redeployed um away from frontline care you know or potentially losing their job wow 
you know, uh, 12 months ago when we started this podcast, I think people were talking about that and it was, uh, it was t- being spoken about as a conspiracy theory. Um, and now we're talking about the reality. This is, this is what's happening. Um, which often happens, you know, you speak about things well before their time. Unless you're Nostradamus, um, you, you just sound like a conspiracy theorist, but sometimes, unfortunately, them things come to pass. So this would be one of those. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that goes going forward, see how, how far-reaching that is. Because I suppose that would, that would be bring teachers into it as well. Yeah, teachers, GPs. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting, especially for those people that are, you know, really dead against um, vaccines. It's going to be really challenging for them. People are going to have to make some serious decisions, for sure. But, you know, we have got to the stage now where we are saying that all adults above 18 in England um, are invited to book their first COVID jab. So, you know, after that, it's, it's only the children left, which they, they have been speaking about and exploring the benefits, the pros and cons of that. But, but failing that, you know, from if, if they're starting 18 years roads and up from now over the next, well, let's say the next 16 weeks, everybody, every adult in the UK would have been offered um, a jab at least. Well, both jabs, in fact, whether they take them up or not is a different thing, but yeah. So they're going to start off, they're about to um, send out like 1.5 million texts to um, people age 18 to 20 um, and yeah, get them uh, vaccined up. So yeah, things are, things are moving. I mean, again, thinking back to the early stages when, when it was, you know, young pe- it doesn't affect young people, you know, young people are all right and, and things like that. So we're t- how, how 12 months changes, you know, how the story's changed, you know. Um, and all of, this, all of this is now changing less than 200 days after the vaccine program was f- first launched, which isn't, you know, not even a year, 200 days. So, yeah. But things change, things change. I'm really, really glad um, to say this week, though, um, there haven't, you know, no youth deaths through youth violence, um, which, is, which is really good news. It's really good news. Um, and long may that last. Long may that last. Long may that last for sure. So, also, um, big news this week, to be fair, um, big, big news this week is the um, Daniel Morgan case um, from, what is it, from 1987. Um, well, basically, the, the, the nuts and bolts of it is um, the Met Police have been accused of of being institutionally um corrupt um so yeah in regards to this i mean it was the murder of um like i said daniel morgan he was a um a freelance um investigator i believe um private investigator and he was attacked in a pub car park in southeast london like i said 1987 um and he was found with an axe in his head you know horrific way to go um, but since that happened, there's just been, it seems like a lot of covering up, a lot of hiding, a lot of lot of mistakes, just, well, a lot of corruption. Let me not try to remix what they've already found. You know, it's, it's, they've said it's, it's through corruption um, and the police trying to protect their image or protect something. 
So um, but apparently there's like obviously loads of paperwork associated to this, like millions of pages of paperwork. So I don't think many people have read through the whole the whole thing yet. But um, but yeah, but um, Dame Cressida Dick as as she's come out and said because she got some blame for this as well. But she's come out and said um, she didn't obstruct um, the work of the, in the inquiry um, over this Morgan's case in any way. But obviously her name is involved in it um, and, and not in a positive way. So, you know, people are calling for her to resign. Um, that's that's happened a few times this year, obviously. Yeah, that's happened a few times this year. So we'll have to see how that all pans out as well. But um, this particular case, being it was ni- in 1987, it was only five years after um, Operation Countryman, which was um, an investigation into police corruption in London during the late 1970s. It ran between um, 1978 and 1982. And it cost, I think it cost about three million pounds. Eight officers um, were prosecuted, although none of them were convicted. So you can imagine that happened, like I said, through 1978 to 1982. And then by 1987... They, the, this situation with um, Daniel Morgan. Um, and now, all the way in 2021, we're now talking about the police were institutionally corrupt. And let's not forget, with Stephen Lawrence, the police were spoken about as being institutionally racist. So something obviously is not 100% right. And, so, and you know, these things need to be looked at seriously. You know, um, we can't keep just brushing things under the carpet that 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 doesn't help anybody it doesn't help the police it doesn't help the public it doesn't help anybody but my thoughts go out to um to Daniel Morgan and his family um because obviously they've been dealing with that for many years and you know to date nobody's been convicted of this of this crime because of how the police dealt with it is what they're saying so so yeah and they're still not happy they're not happy with the apologies they're not happy with any of it i suppose it just kind of put salt in the wound, you know, to know that there, you know, there was the um, the failings for the police. So, yeah. So we'll have to watch this, watch this space with that as well because I'm sure that will continue. Um, also, uh, a police officer, um, counter, counter-staff police officer, um, has been suspended, given a suspended jail sentence for stealing cash handed in to the lost property. So uh, it was Naruju Muhammad Ali. Um, so basically she was working out of um, Ilford Police Station. Uh, and and um, what was it, September 2020. And, you know, somebody came in um, handing in some, some, some uh, lost money or whatnot. Um, and she, she stole it. You know, she stole it and... On the 14th of June, she was sentenced at um, Sneersbrook and given eight months prison sentence, but it's just sort of bended for 18 months. Now, why this this story, it reminds me, I think it, maybe it was about, I want to say about three, four years ago, I actually found, it's a long story, I'll have to put it in another podcast, but I was at a cash till and £200 came out of this cash till just randomly I went to use it 200 pounds just popped out of it without going through the whole story I took it to the police station and went through the whole process 
for the first time of what happens when you when you bring uh, uh, lost items, whether it be money, jewelry, whatever it is, into the police station. So to keep it to keep it short, basically, when you do that, you 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 hand it in, you get a receipt, and then if nobody doesn't claim it in like two weeks, I think it was, you go back to the police station. And if nobody hasn't claimed it, you give your receipt and then they give you that money. And that's literally what happened to me. I ended up getting that £200 because they didn't claim it. But why this story really reminded me of that time is because when I originally went there to get my money, I felt like the police officer that I was dealing with was really not trying to give me this money. He was trying to give me the runaround. Um, So much so... I got into a little, I had to raise my voice a little bit and just say, look, just give me my receipt and let me go. If you're not going to give me the money now, give me the receipt. And yeah, long story short, a few other officers got involved and then the head come and he went upstairs, got the money, gave it to me and I left. So I can see how it could happen because I did, I was thinking to myself, you know, if I wasn't such an assertive person, um, I may have been intimidated and I may have just left and that officer possibly would have pocketed the money just the way this woman has um but like I said I, I wasn't leaving there I had my receipt um and uh it was one or the other but anyway so yeah she's um she's got that um suspended sentence for that crime so um also Christopher um Capessa um young boy um who was who, who drowned after being pushed into a river in South Wales um, by a 14-year-old boy in 2019. Um, at the time, the the CPS decided not to charge the teenager, um, just describing the, the incident as a foolish prank. Um, but a yeah, hearing on Thursday just gone, uh, Miss Justice Chayma Grubb granted permission for a judicial review. Um, so... I'm so happy for this family because I, I, w- I watched the interview with the mum and, you know, obviously it still pains her like it happened yesterday um, and she definitely feels like there's been an injustice. So for them to get a judicial review is, is, a, is a big moment for them. Um, and, yeah, they, so basically the, the, um, the CPS have now got 21 days to provide evidence and prepare for the judicial review, um, including evidence used... Um, what they use to come to the decision not to prosecute you know they're gonna have to explain all of that so so yeah I mean you know whether it was a foolish prank or not um it 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 should go in front of judge you know and jury and, and and let the let it be decided that way rather than the police just not moving forward for whatever reasons you know somebody's lost a child you know a 14 year old child and you know, so it's it's not right, not right at all. So I'm really glad that they're they're looking at that again. So we'll definitely be speaking on that again as as it all unfolds. Um, and also, sadly, um, we've got a, a, an intoxicated um, officer, police officer, guilt, found guilty of assault um, while he was off duty. Um, his name was Police Constable Stephen Maskell, age 44. Um, based on the North East London Command Unit. And he appeared at um, Wilsden Magisterics Court on the 17th of June. Um, and he was found guilty of assault 
um, by beating and threatening and abusive, insulting words and behaviour lightly to cause alarm and distress to another person. That was his his whole charge. Um, It relates back to to charges uh, back in the early hours of July the 5th, 2020 in Charlton Road, um, NW10. But what's interesting about this case, there's no... You know, there's no, you don't see any pictures of the, 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 the officer. I mean, this is quite significant, you know. This is like, you know, a drunken attack um, on, on somebody, you know. And there's, you know, the victim, you know, what happened to the victim? How badly was the victim, um, you know, physically? Yeah, all of that. It's just a bit sparse with the information, but but he's been convicted. Um, and, yeah, it's, 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 it's not good, not good at all. But at least he's been convicted. Um, but it's interesting that he's still a serving police officer. So I'm, sh- I'm sure that will change shortly though. So as I said earlier, this month, it's um, Juneteenth, the 19th, as I'm recording this on the 19th. Today is Juneteenth. So, um, and what's significant this year with it is the fact that um, Joe Biden has signed a bill into law making June the 19th a national holiday in the U.S., um, commemorating the emancipation of um, enslaved blacks in America. Um, obviously, it's it's not it's not um, a national holiday in the UK, but it's official now. It is an official paid for um, national holiday in America, which is which is which is good. You know that is that is a good thing. But um, for those that don't know, Juneteenth um, marks a day which was the 19th of June in 1865 when enslaved black people in Texas learned that they were freed. Um, actually, they, they actually found out the news two months after the end of the Civil War. So it was kind of delayed the time it got to them. Um, and basically the name, the, the name became known as Juneteenth, where they've basically put the two words together, basically being in June and it being the 19th, calling it Juneteenth. So all across America, during on that day, they have celebrations. Um, obviously, it varies from from state to state how they do it, but generally, it's like food, games, public readings, um, singing, picnics, church church services, rodeos, um, concerts, contests, stuff like that, parades, even things like that. And one of the most famous dishes that they have, which I I wouldn't mind trying out. As it goes, um, it's called the Marcus Garvey salad, um, and it's, so it's named after Marcus Garvey, obviously. But it's made with um, red, green, and black beans. So I may, even, I may even try that tomorrow. I may even make that. Yeah, I think I've got some. I've got them beans in the in the cupboard. But yeah, so Juneteenth, public holiday in the U.S. Sadly, there won't be no Notting Hill Carnival this year. There wasn't last year either, um, but there was hopes that it was going to happen this year. But I think with the with the delay, considering it's usually in August, and now we've got the delay um, up until July. Um, the, Matthew, the executive director Matthew Phillips has said um, it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy decision to make, but it was a responsible choice. So they've decided not to put it on and put safety first. Um, last year they. They did it on via social media. Yeah, it was on social media and stuff. 
So they'll probably do something like that um, this year. We'll find out. But yeah, last year it was over four channels. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But yeah, no, no carnival this year. However, I am thinking because Hackney Carnival usually happens in September. I wonder if that will still go on. I'm gonna, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that because they've got enough time to work that one out. So, yeah, fingers crossed. I'll definitely keep you updated with that. So, and also this week, um, I spoke to somebody in the football industry and they were talking about the fact that there are still no black referees in the Premier League and no black um no blacks on the FA board. I knew about the FA board but I didn't I didn't realise um that they had no black referees in the Premier League. Interesting. Uh, I mean I'm I'm not sure what that is about and why but um but yeah it's a bit surprising considering how many uh, black people or people of colour that are involved in the sport. So, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, so um, also Robin Williams, um, the police officer who was sacked for having a child abuse video on her phone, won an appeal against her dismissal from the Met Police. Um, so she was given 200 hours community service as well. Um, basically what she said that it came about her, it happened, when was it, November 2019. So it came about her, her sister had been sent uh, the video from her boyfriend and she forwarded it on to her, her sister, who's a police officer, via WhatsApp. Um, but, and she was, like I said, she was, she was convicted of it. Um, she appealed against it. But the appeals tribunal on Wednesday, just gone, um, found her sacking was unfair. So that 200 hours she'd done and being sacked from the police force was unfair. So she's been reinstated. So, so yeah, that's, um, that is definitely good news for her. I think, I think what the issue was, not that, she, not that they're condoning her having it on her phone, etc., but it shouldn't have went straight to a dismissal is, is what the issue is there. So, so yeah, no, good luck to her. So she's... Um, She's going to have to go through that process, which is going to be an interesting situation going forward for her in many ways. But yeah, good for her. Again, she got some justice, it sounds like. Um, but again, not condoning having such stuff on your phone, etc. But this is, I mean, at the end of the day, to be fair, I've had to tell people to stop sending me, not, not stuff like that, but just stuff that I don't want to see. Um, and I've, I've given people chances. I said, look, if you send it again... I'll be blocking you. I'll be blocking your number. You won't be sending me anything, you know. So, um, and they've, they've stopped. But so, yeah, you can't stop people sending you stuff. I mean, you can only, you can only address that once you've received it, I suppose. So, a bit of a sticky situation. And I'm sure we've all received things on our phones that we wish we hadn't had and we have no intention of forwarding on to anybody. So, yeah, that's a situation. So, um, did, you know, this week it's been a, it's been a, been a real female, you know, a black women's empowerment week. I've, I've heard about so many different, um, you know, black women starting businesses and, and doing really well for themselves. So Throwbells um, is an app um, created by a mother and daughter um, celebrating Afro here. So... Um, 
basically she uh, the mum had noticed that well her I think the daughter her eight year old daughter had come to her and you know was complaining that none of the characters on the video games looked like her and the mum being I think the mum's a, a a designer she's in the computer industry anyway um, and yeah she decided to help her daughter create a game which is you know and that game's at you know you can download it now like I said throw throw bells. Um, and yeah, got black characters with hair and the features and everything else. So, so yeah. Um, but I also said like around ten percent of people working in the game, in within gaming, are black or Asian or of an ethnic um, background. But only black people only make up two percent of that figure. You know, so it's a very small amount of black people involved in the industry, um, and the, the lack of diversity. Um, behind the scenes can impact the range of characters that are seen on the screen. Obviously, you know, people kind of emulate what they look like when they're creating or, or painting figures and stuff that, you know. So, so yeah. But, you know, a, a point that was raised is the fact that um, the games industry is only 40 years old, you know. So it's a really young, it's a really young field, but it's a it's a very buoyant field you know it's growing all the time there's a lot of money involved in it so it is one of the things that I'm speaking to, to my younger kids about you know getting into programming and and understanding how to get you know yeah to, to program you know to build things online and you know computer games and apps and things like that I think it's you know that because that's the future that's where we're going and, th- and this was before I, I found out how young the games world the gaming world was so, but I definitely think it's an asset, you know, our young people learning how to how to code and, and see their way around computers because you're definitely going to need those kind of skills, you know, when, they, when they're adults, you know. So, yeah, I mean, after all, remember, come, is it 20, 20 2030, all, all um, cars will be electric from that point in the UK. That's only eight years away. And I know cars, it might, you might not see the connection, but the fact that all cars are going electric, you can only imagine how, how much the world is going to change between now and 2030. You know, just imagine no more diesel cars, no more petrol cars. Is it, we're going to be, and technology just generally moves real fast now. You know, five years is, is like an old school 20 years. It's, it's moving that fast. So, yeah. So, um, no, but hats off to... Um, to I think her name was Eve, yes Yvonne and Alyssa, um, who created the game Throwbells, and then also um, another um, woman, um, Deborah Ajaja, um, she created color celebration milestone cards. So these are cards that you you know when you have a baby, the first steps, the first words, you know cards that they can remember. And what happens? And she record, She saw a, a gap in the market. There were no cards with any um, people that looked like her or her child. So she created it. Um, and yeah, and now that business is running. Um, you can you can actually check them out on colorcelebrations.com. Um, but yeah, made something out of nothing. You know, saw saw the gap, saw it wasn't there, and created it. And I think that's what we need to be doing. You know, there's loads of opportunities. I, I've said it many times throughout this this past year of podcasting. Um, there's loads of new opportunities, things that have not been done. The world's changed so much 
you know, with the pandemic, with George Floyd, with, you know, with everything that's happened over the past 12 months. So there's loads of opportunities. There's a lot of issues. There's a lot of problems. There's been a lot of bereavement, etc. But there are a lot of um, opportunities. And these women have exposed a few of them, you know, and not waited for someone to do anything. They've just gone about and, and put it together. So salute to them for that 100%. And then also, um, on the creative side, well, it's all creative, I suppose, but um, the Malwa Theatre Company um, is basically the UK's first all-black female Shakespeare company representing women um, of the African diaspora. Um, and they'll be addressing how black and mixed-race women are represented in the classical text, you know, Shakespeare and all that. So, again... They have seen the opportunity, you know, to be they're the first um, all-black female Shakespeare company. So they saw the gap and they've, they've filled it. And that's, that's what you've got to do, you know, find the gaps and fill the gaps. And so, yeah, black women doing it for themselves. I love it. Powerful. Very, very powerful. Um, yeah, very powerful. So, um, sadly, uh, Naomi Osaka will not be playing in Wimbledon um, this year. Um, she's planning a return to the Tokyo Olympics, um, but she's, she's confirmed that she's now going to take time out from tennis um, after experiencing um, depression and anxiety. So, and, you know, that sounds like the right decision, you know, take time out, you know, get yourself right, you know, set some goals for the future, like you said, Tokyo Olympics. And if you don't feel up to it then, I'm sure she'll, she'll make the right decision for herself then as well. Um, but I'm sure she'll be back, you know, after she's well rested and gets support from her family and her loved ones. So just wishing her a speedy recovery. I mean, you know, the whole mental health thing, I don't think we've touched the sides of in regards to how it's going to affect us, you know, as a, as a planet. You know, not even just the UK as a planet, you know, having to deal with being not allowed at your house and then being locked and then being allowed out and all of the bereavement, etc. So, and, you know, I think people, you know, obviously with all of the uh, youth violence and stuff, let's, let's have it right. This, this whole pandemic and everything will be feeding to that as well. And I think people are kind of missing that element because there was youth violence going on before they're not considering the fact that, you know what, this is actually fueling it as well. This is going to play a part to it as well. You know, these, these young young people are not exempt from mental health due to the pandemic and due to COVID and due to lockdown and everything else. That's definitely an added part to what's going on. So we do need to consider that and think about how we're going to address that as well. Yeah, because we're, we're all in this together. Nobody's, nobody's immune to this whole situation at all. So we've got to look after each other and make sure our minds are right, mind, body, everything's right. So this, we've, on the 24th is the next full moon. Um, the 24th, we've got this, the strawberry moon. Looking forward to seeing how that looks because my strawberries in my garden are not looking how they looked last year. The weather's been all a bit, everything's been a little bit delayed, like late frost, yeah, you you weren't really able to plant early, and yeah, it's been a bit crazy. But um, but yeah, twenty fourth of June, full moon, and then like I said earlier, we've got the longest um day, longest daylight day, um, coming on the twenty first, 
um, and I hope it's a nice hot day that you know nice hot day that's a day you could have a barbecue and go on into the night because it'll be light for so long um, the only thing about that though is once you reach the 21st of June and you've gone through that long day actually every day after that the days are getting shorter because you're leading up to the winter solstice which is I think December the 21st so you start to lose light from that point so yeah, that's, it's kind of bittersweet. But, obviously, it's only, you only lose a couple of minutes, I think a couple of minutes a day leading up to winter, so you won't, you won't feel it that much. But it's just the cycle, how it goes. So, uh, the weekly crypto roundup. So, as I always say, I'm not a financial advisor. Um, this is not any financial advice. This is just you know, a roundup of what's been going on in that crypto world um, over this past seven days. So um, in regards to Tesla and Bitcoin, obviously Tesla, um, Elon Musk's company, um, stopped um, accepting uh, Bitcoin. But he's now saying he will resume accepting Bitcoin when Bitcoin energy use reaches 50%. So it has to reduce the amount of energy they're using down to 50% and then they'll they'll start accepting again. So this is a goal for them and I'm sure, I mean, the, the amount of negative press in regards to the amount of energy used to create cryptocurrency, um, that's got to be at the top of their agenda to, to sort that out. So, so I'm sure Tesla will be accepting Bitcoin in the near future. And in Indonesia, um, they have now... Um, forbid uh, the use of cryptocurrency as a payment tool um, and yeah they, they, but they're actually the flip side of that is they're actually in the process of developing their own um, central banking digital currency CBDC they call it so and there's a few other countries in the in the process China's in the process of doing that as well so um with, with with that being said, it's interesting how, on one hand, they're trying to stop it, but at the same time, they're setting up their own. Interesting. Um, but El Salvador, who we spoke about um, the other day, um, who are also looking to use cryptocurrency as their their um, legal tender, um, the IMF have, have refused to help them um, implement um, Bitcoin as a legal tender. So they're not getting no help with that. I wonder if that's going to stop them from being able to do it. We're going to have to wait and see. Goldman Sachs, um, I've said that they, I mean, and they, they've been quite interested in cryptocurrency, um, but they said that they, at this point, cryptocurrencies are not a viable investment, um, despite, like I said, showing interest in, in Bitcoin in the past. This is what they're saying now. But many cryptocurrency enthusiasts argue that Bitcoin um, can be used as a hedge against inflation um, because it's scarce. You know, it is, it's not, there's not an infinite amount, especially with Bitcoin itself. So, so yeah, there's an argument both ways. Um, and also Paraguay um, have official plans to um, legislate uh, Bitcoin next month as well. So... Some of these countries are, are, are really getting on board in a big way. Others are not. But everybody's getting involved in digital currency. Even the ones that are trying to 
seemingly throw a spanner in the works at this point, which is very interesting. Um, but what's also interesting, the creator of the World Wide Web, as we, as we know it, um, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, is selling off his original code um, used to create the internet as an NFT. So you'll be able to purchase that shortly. I'm sh pretty sure this is going to go for a tidy sum. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, obviously this is, is quite epic as far as ownership of something because um, the internet has changed the planet forever. Um, and if I remember rightly, he didn't even, he didn't even pattern uh, um, the internet. He just wanted it to just be free, and you know he was he was uh, he, yeah he just didn't want to patent it. He was just like let it be free for everybody to use. But he did that in 1989, 1989, and it so that feeds into what I was saying earlier. Technology, if you think about technology pre 1989 and post 1989, the speed that things have moved since the internet come about. Let's even say it from then, you know. <laughs> leaps and bounds so so yeah I don't, I don't think it's going to be slaying down anytime soon but one thing's for sure either way I think we all need to we could all do with raising our financial IQ learning about how to invest learning how to make money in different ways learning new skills just making ourselves more of an asset you know using the, the using and building the biggest asset we actually have um well, one of the biggest assets, which is our brain and our health. But at this point, I'm talking about our brain. You know, that's an asset that we've got. So increasing the knowledge in that, you know, learning how to earn in different ways is, is paramount, definitely, in these times. Definitely. So, yes. So, again, you know, going back to the fact that this is one year of podding, one year of podding um, to the day, the 20th of June. Still, still have to pinch myself somewhat, but um, but yeah. So, launching a new summer line um, on the Pablo's podcast apparel and accessories. So you'll be able to you'll be able to um, purchase those on from Monday, um, and like I said, they mark the first year anniversary, um, and also coincide with with Father's Day, with this podcast coincides with Father's Day. Um, so, yeah, but thank you. Thank you, everybody, for for supporting, you know, whether you're supporting by buying merchandise, whether you're supporting by sharing, whether you're supporting by, you know, just speaking about it, you know. Um, yeah, I, I just really do appreciate it. And, um, and, you know, the feedback that I get in regards to, you know, the sparking of conversations, you know, because that's what it's about, you know, having the conversation, speaking about these things that that sometimes just kind of end up getting slipped under the carpet. There's a, there's a lot going on and there's a lot to speak about, but there's a, you can get caught up in a lot of other stuff. So, so yeah, but so I'm glad it's been of value and it's continued to be of value. And all I hope is that I can continue to make things better, um, you know, make the podcast better, more engaging and just develop it as time goes on. So, but yeah, thank you for being on the journey with me. I feel like I'm on the journey. I feel like a passenger in a passenger seat. You know, I'm just seeing where this all goes. Um, but I enjoy it. I'm enjoying the journey. So, you know, we are, 
we are on the cusp of opening up, you know, in the next month, fingers crossed. Um, but regardless of what happens between now and then, still get out there, still get out there, you know, get some fresh air, get on your bike, do some running, do some walking, go and do all of the things that you couldn't do when we was in lockdown, you know. I, you know, I hope we don't have another lockdown. I hope. Um, but if we do, um, you know, there's going to be things that you're not going to be able to do. So my thing is, you know, do it today. If you can do it today, get it done today. You know, if you can do it today, get it done today. That's what makes real sense to me because there's nothing worse than um, being told that you can't do stuff um, when you know you could have done it yesterday. So procrastination. You don't want to be caught up in that that cycle of procrastination, not in these times. So, and I know the weather's not that good at the moment, but it was, you know, in fact, I, I will share this with you. I, for the first time in my life, I have been sunburnt in the UK. So going to Cornwall and those hot days that we had, um, my forearms are peeling. I've never been in this situation. In fact, I've been in... I've been burnt once before in Barbados um, but when I go on holiday I always put on you know sun cream and stuff so you don't get burnt um, but I've never dreamt of putting on sunblock or anything like that in the UK so it's definitely a new dawn a new age I'm gonna have to buy me some of that because um, I will be outside so um, if you see value in the podcast, please share it within the groups, you know, on WhatsApp, Facebook, all the other platforms. Um, and, you know, share it with somebody who's maybe not familiar with the podcast. Um, yeah, and just um, support in the ways that you can. But thank you again um, for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.